0: Let's go. Three. Three. Two. Two. One. One.
1: <laughs> Welcome back to the official season four of shit that goes on. Nope. Wait. It's only season three. <laughs> Rewind it back. <laughs> Start over. Start, Start over. it again. Take
2: five. <laughs> go down all eyes around me. I spin around here like what you see. Better watch out.
1: Let's give him another count already. <laughs> you, know this, you know this is going to make it, though. This is the intro of season three of shit that goes on in our heads. I'm excited. We have our first guest who's using his real name. It is Marco from Sonic Halls.
2: And everyone's like, who the hell is that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Marco, you're here with me, Dirty Skittles, G-Rex, we got our producer Bizzle in the background. Tell us what you want the people to know about who's Marco.
2: Who's Marco? I'm a 21 year old Scorpio, Nice. and <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm. I play in a act project thing band, kind of called Sonic Halls, and making music things.
1: Where can people Animal find and what? What was the last part? Sorry to cut you A off. A
2: cartoon nerd.
1: Nice. Okay. Where can people find your music?
2: All the social media stuff is uh, at Sonic Halls Music. That's Hedgehog Cough Drops Music, and <laughs> then uh, we're on Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, all that stuff. So
1: I love that. I love that. Um. Speaking of where to find you, I did after we so we briefly met we kind of chatted a bit. I did mm-hmm. go and subscribe to your YouTube
2: and, and I saw that thing and
1: you. I literally jammed out <laughs> to the cover of one direction. Let's go dude, I sang it like the entire night, and Bizzle was like, "Come on, bud it's,
2: it's time to cut it cut it down. <laughs> That's a hard song to sing though.
1: well, I mean, I didn't sing it well. You did a much better job for sure. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank you. Do you see how they sing it? It's uh, actually very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you look at an an acoustic version of them, it's like pop it's like usually basically they have like the main line that na 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 whatever that segment of words is at the time is all five of them and then like two three of them pop out for like the next part. like the next word so they can catch your breath
1: see i i feel like this is something only like the music nerds would notice because to me like i'm singing the whole time they may take a break but i'm dedicated i am in that car
2: (laughs) no i'm the same i have a compulsion to harmonize too so my it freaks oh wow anyone who doesn't do music out because it sounds like i'm singing the wrong melody completely (laughs) you know what
1: yeah, no. What is harmony? <laughs> like, I'm like, I know the right key. I've been practicing for years. <laughs> Just kidding.
2: I I have Charlie Puth syndrome. I have the perfect pitch. <gasps> yeah, so yeah. It it helps me out a little bit.
1: I was telling Bizzle about him actually because I felt on I don't know YouTube or TikTok hole, and yeah. people will challenge him. What what key is this? And like he'll get it right every single time. And I thought that that was really
2: cool. Did you see the, in like, he's walking down the street, So someone says, Charlie, what's this? And taps a note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he got it, at least if the audio and the video is correct, he got it wrong.
1: Oh, he did? Ooh. Yeah. Do you think they edited it
2: afterwards? Maybe. I've seen different people, like, it's like an iHeartRadio thing where, like, he says a note, and then it's like, what's the sound of this horn? And it's like an air horn that's a completely different note (laughs) that's clearly a different thing than what they played him.
1: All those Charlie Puth haters. <laughs> we'll address them in a separate podcast. Don't worry.
2: <laughs> this is the catalyst.
1: Right. G-Rex, do you have any idea who we're talking about? Because I don't I don't picture you as a Charlie Puth listener.
0: I do know how you're talking about. Oh, yes. Not that old. Well, it
1: wasn't so much for that. I don't know. Wow. Really?
0: What, <laughs> I don't what, know what, what it do was. You, what, actually, what do you think I listened to?
1: That's a good question. I guess I don't really, I don't really, I don't know.
0: I listen Katy to, Perry. I do listen to Katy. Boom. Nailed it. But I also listen to everything <laughs> from ACDC to ZZ Talk. So like a oh. little classical, a little pop, a little R&B, I'm not really into rap, a little okay. bit of punk. About you country. know, I grew up in the 80s, so. All right.
1: You know, Those are decent the Clash, bands. Clash.
0: You know, Depeche
1: Mode, The Cure. Oh,
2: I love The Cure. My uncle just saw The Cure recently. What? Jealous. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Cool. Tickets on... were really expensive. Oh.
0: Like Elton John Ticketmaster is, Ticketmaster sucks.
2: Yeah, they're coming yeah. for K-Swift. for Live Nation, saying. all that thing. <laughs> they, and they made like the tiniest adjustment now. I forget if it's Ticketmaster or Live Nation. That's like that we're not changing our prices, but we're gonna tell you what the fees are up front <laughs> now. So now you just know how much more you're paying.
1: Yeah, no secrets now.
2: Yeah, <laughs> they're putting their it's dirty laundry in a way, them. but it's kind of like just a slap.
1: <laughs> so I mean, I love that you're into music. I clearly am a subscriber. What led you? Well, how did you find music?
2: Um, I'm not sure how I. Feel found i mean i I always loved musical things as a kid my first like so i'm very obsessive with the things that i love and when i was little the the first things were blues clues and the wiggles (laughs) so yeah so i was all about i wanted to be anthony i wanted to play drums i do play drums now
1: i know in the background awesome
2: but um yeah so i was obsessed with the wiggles and then in terms of, like, trying to actually, I mean, I always, you know, pretended to be like, yeah, I'm a rock star, the whatever, you know, making up little songs and stuff is a really, I don't th- think it's on the internet anymore, but there's a video I did when I was little called Baby, I'm a Rock Star. And my dad just filmed me singing this song, but with no music. <laughs> and it's before I knew how to sing, so it's not, like, good. But, <laughs> yeah, but then in terms of, like, actually trying to do it for real, I think the first time I wanted to be like, oh, wow, musicians, cool. I just watched Camp Rock on Disney Channel. And right after, actually, that's already, like, cool. But then right after, they played the Jonas Brothers um, Hold On. The video where they're in, like, a windy house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Joe Jonas being, like, all like, we don't have time to make men's. (laughs) And I was like, I want to do that. (laughs) Um, I love that And then as you mentioned In terms of like instruments and stuff I, I always like Strummed on a guitar or whatever But it was just making noise well, I started learning When I was like 11 And uh, It was all I learned One Direction's first two Albums as a whole Nice uh, I would still know how to play all their songs and-
0: <laughs> Very cool
2: yeah and then yeah, you know, they always a boy band nerd as i mentioned i love harmonies and that kind of thing then from them they introduced me to five seconds of summer which kind of led me down the kind of pop punk you right. know learning about blink 182 and all those types of bands um and then i started producing around the time i was like 12 and learning the rest of the instruments i play um trying to like record myself and uh making covers of five Saw songs which is Though they don't sound good now, it was very important because it taught me how to arrange a song like that um, when I started making my own songs.
1: Yeah. I mean, kudos to you. My brain doesn't work that way. Like, I'm just always in awe of somebody who's creative and then good at being creative and can piece things together like that.
2: So, I mean, good for you, man. For me, my mom just calls me crazy. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I know it. She's right, but <laughs> <laughs> no, because I, like I said, I get very specific as well, so I can be very perfectionist about the things that I do, um, and I also with with Sonic calls. Other than a couple videos we've done, I, I do everything myself in terms of the the visuals and stuff too. So um, I don't know. It's just a lot of nitpicking.
1: No, that's, I mean, that's awesome. How did you come up with the name Sonic Halls?
2: So, I, okay. <laughs> I knew, because my name, obviously Marco, I assume, was taken by someone. And then, like, my full name, Marco Astorino, just like, that's kind of long-winded. <laughs> so, um, that's right, full names here. Um <laughs> Breaking ground. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I was originally Halls with a Z for a little while, like a year. And but that ended up being either too close or like taken by someone else. So the the meaning of the name is so I'm very much like G-Rex just said. Um, similarly, I listen to like everything. It's all kind of based in kind of pop music, but um everything from like rap to rock to electronic all that kind of stuff and that all plays a role in the music I make so I I around like 2020 2021 I said it like this I feel like music especially in the popular space has broadened a lot in what's like deemed pop or that kind of thing or just what people are willing to do because there was a time where like especially for like rock music and that kind of thing it's like what you're not meant to have electric guitars on the radio or, or live drums and that kind of thing but so i envision that genres as rooms so like mm-hmm. in a house you have like the rock room the rap room the edm room jazz room whatever and we started out with just like walls no doors. Then in like the 2010s, there were doors. So everyone was going into everybody's rooms. <laughs> and then the doors closed, but people started to build hallways. And there are a lot of the artists I love, like there's bands like Waterparks or even, you know, artists like Billie Eilish or mm-hmm. um, people like that, that like to ride in those hallways. And I would consider myself a a hallway dweller oh
1: so, ah, sonic calls i like yeah. that
2: sonic meaning sound
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah it's funny you mentioned Billie eilish because as you were talking about it and i was trying to relate and what you were saying i remember first hearing her stuff and being like this is so weird weird meaning like i personally wasn't listening to anybody who sounded like that so it was very different and i gravitate towards different so i was like oh to listen to this person, see what they're about, and we're lucky because our yeah. little nugget loves Billy Eilish, so we
0: can play it. Yeah, so yeah. Marco, I have a question. Did you, when you were learning to play the musical instruments and everything, did you play in um, school or did you just play at home?
2: So here's the the funny thing about it. So i I have I've always had and still have a bunch, a bunch of health issues. So, um, I was stuck at home a lot. I wasn't in school most of the time in middle school. I tried to be in like band, but I didn't know how to read sheet music. So that was like just a struggle. But, um <laughs> uh, when I started learning how to play guitar, uh, my parents did put both my brother and I, um, in lessons. My, my brother's in a band as well called flowers Family. Shout out. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, but the thing is, I was so sick, I couldn't go to most of them. So he would just have to take up basically both lesson spaces for me. But I still wanted to learn. So I would just like go on YouTube or find videos of the first song I learned to play was What Makes You Beautiful. And so there's a video of like Niall trying to teach people how to play it on the live stream or whatever. Or just like random YouTube tutorials or watching how their band plays it, that kind of thing. Uh, that that kind of thing especially was important to wh- how I learned to play drums. Because there's not really – drum sheet music is so confusing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I would do is I would just watch drum covers of whatever song I was trying to learn. And keyboards, with the perfect pitch thing, I was able to pick out, okay, here's a chord I learned to play on guitar. What are the notes in that chord? Wow. Um and map it out on the keyboard and then kind of you know try to memorize that best i can and i had help from um vocal coaches who played piano that kind of taught me okay here's how you like don't break your wrist trying to go from one chord to another with your weird positions (laughs) um yeah so basically the internet and a little help from people here and there so
0: yeah that's pretty awesome and just to not be able to read sheet music, but be able to play those sort of instruments—that that's amazing to me. Yeah. I
2: I mentioned I was in band for a little bit, and I was sick, so I was never there. Um, I didn't learn how, and I'm still not very good at it. Don't tell my professor who just <laughs> helped me with four years of music theory, but <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I especially back then I didn't know how to read at all. So I was percussion, and I because I know how to read rhythm, I can read rhythm well, um, or at least well enough for you know seventh grade level at the time, and uh, so I was like, I'll do percussion because that means I don't have to work out actual notes. Little did I remember glockenspiel is a thing. So
1: what is glockenspiel other than it's a like fun a, thing a xylophone
2: but metal?
0: Oh, okay,
2: yeah. I have like a toy one at home. It's made its way into songs every once in a while. But uh, w- we had a test where it's like everyone in the band has to play this melody on page forty-eight, whatever, and play this. I was like, shit, <laughs> you know, I've been here. I don't even know what we've been studying. But they did the um, the percussionist like halfway through. So I was able to listen to everyone else do it. I probably still messed it up a little bit, but I was able to like just silently be like, okay, I know kind of how to play keyboards now, so I know where the notes are. So listen to everyone else play it, and as they're playing, be like, okay, that's this part of you kind of learn it in fragments, right? Like, okay, here's the first part of the melody. Here's the second part. And I probably missed a section because it was like a 30 second thing and it was so rude and mean but um i didn't fail so I, I i take that as a win credit yeah and then i joined choir which was a much better decision
1: <laughs> oh choir i was in a choir once <laughs> Failed to get her out of here um so you mentioned a couple of times that that you've had health issues do you think that that has influenced your music at all
2: um definitely at at times i in 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 some ways that are even more subconscious cuz yeah you know, through all that obviously i became very depressed and i'm still very anxious a lot of the time um so just those emotions being heightened plays into the music i made especially um kind of early high school time really sad (laughs) (laughs) um yeah but even when i was younger i did write songs about my situation um just i kind of lost my train of thought but essentially yes it it definitely has affected the music i make and you know in a If we're looking at a bright side, in a sense, because I was sick all that time and wasn't able to go to school, really, all I really had to do was spend that time studying the things I wanted to do, mostly music. Also, um, I do puppetry, which we talked a little bit when we met up before. Mm -hmm. Um, Or um, there was a time where I was really into, I still do a little bit, but like drawing and that kind of thing, too. Like spending all that time and even now when I'm at home, it lets me be like, OK, look on YouTube, how to 3D animate, how to edit a music video, all those things. And that l- leads it to where with all that right now, as a college student who doesn't really have that much disposable income, you know, I have to be pretty reliant on myself for pretty much all those things. Um, So I I. I don't want to say thank my situation, but it, it certainly made it to where I I learned at maybe a quicker pace than I would have, if I didn't have to, as much time as I did. Yeah. So
0: do you think that music helps you? Um, uh, how do I put this? You get your self-care and self self-love through, through your music or.
2: Yes, but in different ways and sometimes in counterintuitive ways Mm. so um for and i guess trigger warning here um right when i a song that when sonic halls first started playing shows a couple years ago um is a song called feelings and I'd, i'd written that song when i was 15 um And the song itself, it's is—it's a very therapeutic release and it helps me get those emotions out. But if you listen to the song, the first lyric of the song is, let's get to the point I'm depressed as fuck and I'm kind of suicidal. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it goes into this big just myriad of all my insecurities at the time. Um, So in that way, it is self-care because it, once again, it helps me get those emotions out. But obviously they're not nice. And to get in the headspace where you're writing it, it is very much a, you know, it's like if you let those things out as if you're going to therapy or something like that, it's like you talk about it. Therefore you get very sad. Yeah. Um. And then after the fact now there, it is very much the, the two songs I, I sent you earlier are very much about were written, especially move, which is the next song I have coming out. Written in spaces where I was feeling very stuck and secure, all that kind of thing, and and move is more blatant about it, where it is very much more about the insecurity side of performing that kind of thing. But a song about clunk is like it's all about hyping up. Mm-hmm. So like if I'm like down or just jittery and like, but am not well enough to like do stuff. Mm-hmm the result will usually end up being a really hyper energetic song that makes me really stoked. And once I am well enough to do it, that, you know, we haven't played shows in a while, but we're about to start soon, um, makes me that much more excited and happy, Yeah, oh. you know, once I'm performing, especially a song like Clunk, because that song is just fun. That's um,
1: So that's interesting. So you're not only writing songs about the emotions you're feeling, but ways to sort of get to emotions you want to feel
2: yeah um and it even helps you access i write about things and as i'm writing about them i don't realize as i'm writing what necessarily it even may be about in a way yeah like there there's definitely element like move is a good example of that so the story behind that song and anyone who's seen my tiktok recently will have heard kind of the first verse in the chorus of that song. Um, I just come off a a tour, two days of a tour, um, and I had COVID. So obviously I wasn't allowed to go anywhere for a while. Yeah. Um, And the way my body responds to like recovering if I'm not feeling well is like, I don't physically feel well enough to like exert energy, but the energy gets built up. So I'm just like, yeah i need somewhere to go right Mm -hmm. um (laughs) if you listen to this to the song you obviously hear it's like a million miles a minute so the song i just started writing i knew i wanted to write something move make me move but as i started writing the verse i was like okay these lyrics are kind of cool kind of fun a little different from what i usually do and i was like oh by the time i had like finished writing the second verse i was like oh okay this is a song about insecurity and trying to hold people's attention. It's about wanting to like literally physically move, but it is very much about like trying to hold the attention of, in my case, an audience, but for someone else, could be a person or, Mm -hmm. you know, a a job, whatever. Um, So Like the meanings of songs kind of present themselves over time, even after you've written it. It's like, oh, this, this at the time was just kind of a lyrical and emotional vibe I was in. But it ended up connecting to a situation I had like two weeks later.
1: Yeah, you find you're rediscovering new meanings. Yeah, that's cool. That's really really cool. Um, are you comfortable sharing any of like the health battles that you've had?
2: Yes. That's uh, <laughs> a weird
1: segue. So. I felt like I had no <laughs> segue. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's valid.
0: It's not. just like, the, you to Michigan,
1: yeah, to throw sorry. it out there. Wait no, because well, yeah. <laughs> I actually I had another question about music, which was <laughs> so you know me as a listener, there are definite times where an artist's songs or like i'm very big on lyrics like i love a good lyrically written song um yeah. and i know in my personal life there are definite times where without really expecting it like you put on an artist that you like you hear a song you relate to it 100 percent. and as a listener it helps you know that you're not alone and that yeah. it almost is therapy to get through it because while you may not have the right words to express what you're feeling, this artist Mm -hmm. is doing it for you. So I was going to ask, like, while you're writing it from your perspective with whatever's happening in that moment, do you ever think about the listener and like how it will affect them? Or does that come into play at all? Like afterwards, like, wow.
2: With darker songs, I do because I have to be careful Um, because for me, I'm singing about my, Mm -hmm. you know, dark thoughts, insecurities, all that kind of stuff, but I don't want that. I don't want it to come off to a listener just being like in the worst headspace sometimes. Or even if it is a somewhat more positive song, if it does, I have a song that I've been working on that touches on those types of things. For me as an outsider, as a a friend of someone experiencing it. So with things like that, if it's otherwise, though, the best I've found and I've heard the best ways that you get to those things where people do relate that much more is if you kind of write selfishly in a way. Right. Yeah. It's like get the specificity of everything going on with you and you'll interpret it however it literally was to you but another person can take your words even if they're the most specific thing in the world once again i I mentioned my favorite band is a band called water parks Mm -hmm. and um for anyone if anyone who listens knows them they know that the singer austin's lyrics are incredibly specific him he's name dropping random people and friends (laughs) that he has and it would make no sense but it all melds into like you get in the vibe of the emotion of the song still and you can even translate even if it's not what that person's singing about you can translate it to your situation and you know if it is a specific situation that is that much more relatable to people anyway you know obviously they apply it even further so um, I never write with the intention of being like, and this has got to be relatable.
1: Right. But
2: I've got to appeal to the kids. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> It's got to be like, no, I got to relate to me. Mm-hmm. And then the, the kids will come later. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, I get it. And I feel like that that's kind of a segue back to the other question. <laughs> if you're <laughs> writing selfishly, right? And I can imagine just the little bit I know about your story and some of the health issues you've experienced. Like, I'm just very curious to know how you were able to, I guess, work through those health issues through music. So maybe sharing what the health issues are. I don't know. Yeah.
2: So it essentially works as a distraction. So... <laughs> the 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 thing which um i talked to you a little bit about before there's a lot of things i had and have i guess but um you know i've always had chronic pain and uh specifically one thing i didn't know i had uh for a long time was this thing i keep if you see my face gets brighter in the video it's because i'm going to a google thing because i want to remember the acronym because i couldn't last time. Uh, <laughs> no worries is I had a, a thing called Mal's Median <laughs> at RQ8 Ligament Syndrome. <laughs> Definitely knew that. Um, but Flows right off the that, tongue. <laughs> right. Uh, essentially what that means is, um, for those who don't know, you got these things hanging off your diaphragm, which is at the top of your sternum called a ligament. And one of mine was wrapped around a big old artery that was like pulling my diaphragm down. And as anyone who sings knows, you really need your diaphragm. And even just in life if you know, I, I'm i a talkative person. I just move in, you know, in general. So doing any of that really hurt. Uh, uh, It would come in like really sharp waves of pain in random spots in my stomach, especially w- w- right before I got diagnosed it it had gotten basically to its worst and i was like i'd be screaming in pain after the day that sucks uh yeah so through that music really helped because i actually wrote a paper on this when i was younger um music sends endorphins and stuff to your brain i didn't know what the word endorphins meant when i was not when i was nine so i just thought of (laughs) dolphins floating to your brain (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, but it, it like stimulates That's your true brain true. in a certain way to where you, it kind of makes you forget. Um. So like, obviously, it was a double-edged sword for me because if I sing a song, I'm loving it in the moment, but right after, I'm You're on in the pain. floor. Mm. But um, yeah, those types of things. I mean, it, it's like if it's like when I don't know. I don't know what it's like. It's like that. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to describe, I would imagine, yeah. You know, it's like if you, I'd imagine, it's like this, it's like when you see the videos of the babies getting like a vaccine or something, and the doctors like uh, poking them with a random thing, like not stab stab them with a needle yet. But just being like playing a little game and then sticks them. Mm-hmm. It's like the brain version of that. It's like it, it since you're doing another thing completely, it doesn't you don't register it as much as maybe you would. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So through that, I've I mean I've, ha- I've had to have a lot of surgeries and I had that fit. I I can get into that if you want. Yeah, go for it. So for mouse. I had actually this does play into this because this is actually an interesting. There's a parallel that happens with not with my music but with mm-hmm. uh, with water parks. Um, so I had mouths my whole life up to the point I got it fixed, which was 2019. And so it's this really rare thing. So no one knows how to diagnose it, when to diagnose it, kind of thing. So. <laughs> Um, but when I finally did get diagnosed, um, I had to end up going to Connecticut to get the surgery. The same day I found out that was happening, my favorite band ends up releasing this new song. It's like the thing of like their what ended up being kind of their breakthrough album, a song called Turbulent. I was, you know, it doesn't it didn't relate to my story that much, but I guess in a way it kind of did. But Cause the song, the song's all about a toxic ex, and the hooks are literally "I'd fuck you if I could." <laughs> um, the which I guess in a way is what I was doing with this disease, and <laughs> uh, but yeah, but as the like milestones of this, oh, of this surgery cy- cycle, <laughs> it's not like an album cycle, but. Uh, <laughs> Um, like the milestones of it happened, a new drop would get released. So, like, it's the day before surgery, they leak this random song on Instagram. The day after drive home, it's like the album gets announced and all this kind of stuff. The first song I cover, like, and it's never coming out because it's really bad, (laughs) but the I tried to like studio cover was the next song they released. First show I went to was the tour for that album. Um, yeah yeah so essentially it it offered little distractions in what ended up being a very traumatic experience because that surgery did not go well for me
1: that concludes part one with marco from sonic halls featuring clunk it's okay to be not okay just make sure you're talking to someone